If you haven't seen them on YouTube, you've missed out. Uh, this week, I'm kind of cheating because I get to actually interview my fishing buddy. That's right. We're talking to Justin Reed Fishing. Uh, if you've seen his YouTube, uh, I make guest appearances because he lets me photobomb his shows, which is always fun. But he, <laughs> he's been a lot of fun to fish with, and I have learned a stupid amount of information from him. And he has made me a better angler. And thankfully, he's on mute in the background, so we can't hear him making any noise or joking around. So it's all good. Um but yes, it's going to be a great show. Justin's got a ton of information uh, when it comes to surf fishing, and he is an all-around awesome dude. So you listen to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Here we go. Yeah, buddy. Another good week coming at you. Hope you're doing well wherever you are and that the fishing has been prime. Of course, this summer has been rough fishing here in the Navarre area, so uh, I'll admit I've snuck offshore a few times and I have gone to the good old inshore side several times, especially with Justin. Him and I have had some really good ones lately. Um, he more so than I, but that just goes to how good he is as an angler, so it is what it is. But that's right, this week we're talking with Justin Reed from Justin Reed Fishing. You can find him on YouTube. Uh, it's just his name, Justin Reed Fishing. Facebook, it's on there, the same one. Get in, take a look at his stuff. He's always dropping shorts and uh, great knowledgeable videos. They're just really good, packed full of information that have just... I'm almost willing to guarantee it's going to help you become a better angler. So if you haven't done so, definitely check him out. So as I'm done here flapping my mouth talking about him, we're just going to bring him on. Buddy, Justin, welcome to the show, man. What's up, buddy? Yeah, we need to go fishing tonight. <laughs> yeah, man, let's go. Let's go catch some ladyfish. <laughs> we do. We do catch some ladyfish pretty well at that one spot. Yeah, and I think last time we said we want ladyfish because we were going to use them for bait. Yeah, and you caught some trout, so we got to go try <laughs> to catch ladyfish again. <laughs> and of course, I catch the what we caught the dinker, and then I caught the the good one. And of course, like the Guggen I am, I was like, oh, I can muscle him over, and sure enough, got him right up to the seawall, and he's off. Yeah, that last little inch, man. That's the scary spot. Yeah. it's. It, I mean, we've been fishing together for well over a year. It, it's We've gone down to that same spot numerous times, and yet we never – I thought. I think we brought a net twice. I don't even know if we've brought a net. <laughs> I, I really don't. I actually thought to bring it last time just because we. I just got one for the kayak, but, you know, I just forgot it because it's not part of the routine. Yeah, that new Gucci net you got. Oh, yeah, the Yak Attack – Leverage landing net. That thing is nice. Yeah, it is. Gucci net. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that thing is sweet. I mean, there was a smart design with going into the forearm like that to be able to leverage it. It's, it's a smart. It's smart. Oh, yeah. yeah I figured splurge on the net because it made sense in the design. Yeah, absolutely. As you know, because you're always helping me with the show anyway. <laughs> you guys that didn't know Justin helps me with a ton of things and um, we do I mean we do fish quite a bit together it's very rarely that we will be separate ways fishing um, so this is kind of fun I'm wondering what I'm going to get from you out of information here because I know what, how you do half of this but I know that this is going to be a little different for you explaining it because you've done so in some of your shorts on YouTube and on Facebook but uh, I might be able to dig it out a little bit more fun here so yeah okay. That's what it's all about. You just want the secrets, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got three yeah, quarters of your secrets. I do better when I'm asked a specific question rather than just go fishing. Yeah. No, that's fair. All right, so let's let's start at the beginning. What got you into fishing? Well, I uh, growing up, you know, probably five, six years old, started freshwater fishing. We'd go out on houseboats. On the local lakes in Georgia, I think it was Lake Carter. And, you know, just fished with the family and always had blast doing it. We only got to do it like once a year, so it was just something to look, look forward to. And then growing up in my neighborhood, we had a little creek, and I'd go down there with my buddies, and, you know, we'd catch fish on bubble gum. We didn't know what we were doing. We just had a hook <laughs> and some line. I'm, I'm not even joking. We'd, we'd use bubble gum. So we, we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we didn't have any – fishing wasn't really big in the area, especially for kids years passed didn't fish at all and moved here and saw people catching pumping off the pier and on the surf and i was like you know what i need to start doing that 
Look at so you really, my fishing journey began here in Navarre. Right. It's a good place for it to begin. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. Because I mean, this place, this place spoils you. I, I mean, I think we've talked about it too in the surf. It's like we we are spoiled when it comes to fishing here. We get plenty yeah. of plenty of great fish, um, and we can fish year round because you know if you're in the surf. Granted, this time of year right now sucks, and we know that. Um, because you got to play the game a little bit. But you know, if if it's not great in the surf, all right, cool, let's go inshore. You can walk into an inshore spot, or hey, yeah, it's not great there. Let's let's get in a boat. You know, if you want to get into deep sea, or if you want our friends has a boat. <clears throat> Smitty. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hold on. Wait, wait. We got one more to drop. Saltwater Yankee. Um. Yep, there you go. I was about to throw that one out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He got a good one this last weekend. I mean, hell, they got that, that double up on the Jack Ravels. Oh, dude, yeah. That that picture was awesome. They got that, that frame they did. Man, that's nice. Oh, yeah. That, that was smart. Real smart. Oh yeah! If you guys haven't taken a look over at Saltwater Yankees page, uh, they did some really uh, they they got on some fish yesterday and did some nice stuff with their artwork with it. Well, it wasn't yesterday; it was a couple days ago. But uh, really cool idea for uh, for that. I loved it. Yeah. Now they're two monster jacks, and they I think if I remember correctly, I'll have to pull it up. But I think they put the lures on the on the painting too. Oh, is that what, okay? I I saw the lures there, and I'm just dumb. Didn't put the two together, but yeah, I guess that's the lures <laughs> they used to catch those two fish. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, I just put that together as I said it. So <laughs> hey, hey, but but you did it. See, I'd have never done it. So. <laughs> this is why we fish together because because we we balance each other out in this role. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you came down here, got learned about that the surf fishing from our art. Right, so you, you learned it on the pier, but why surf fishing specifically? Well, it's, I didn't learn it on the pier. I was oh, okay. well, really what happens. We vacationed here and, uh, believe it or not, two surf fishermen just walked up. We had a canopy set up. I was with the kids. They were one and three. So we weren't swimming or nothing, but these surf fishermen walked up and literally started fishing right in front of our canopy, which I thought was a little rude, but I was like, whatever, we're not swimming anyways. And they were getting set up and one dude cast it out and within like, 30 seconds caught a pop and I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. So this is, this is how easy it is. You know, that's how it was in my mind. And then another day we were walking on the pier, you know, just doing the walk. We weren't fishing and we saw people pulling pop out of the water like crazy. This was, uh, I think 2017. Okay. Or 2018. We didn't move here yet. I think it was 2017. And so I'm just like, man, when we move there, I'm going to fish. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, this is how easy it is. They just pull them out of the water. Later, I learned it wasn't that easy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just uh, going to the tackle shop and talking to random people and watching YouTube videos, you, you pick stuff up and apply it and just go from there. It's funny how that works, though. As you mean, we're, we're in the same boat. We do that a lot here. We'll, we'll talk to people and we'll be, you will see somebody fishing and be like, hey, you uh, you want some help? You want some boot? Like, other than that whole shrimp you're throwing? Yeah. <laughs> but oh, it, yeah. People, like if people ask questions, I will definitely help them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a super contributor in panhandle surf fishing. I know that because you're always answering people. Oh, yeah. Try to. So what brought yeah, you to the panhandle? Well, we we vacationed here for years. God. And then, you know, we got engaged here. We got married here. Working from home in Georgia, you know, we're sitting in traffic. The grocery store was like two miles down the road. And some days it would take 20 minutes to get there. Ugh. So we just got, yeah, the, the town we lived in had two lane roads everywhere. And there was 300,000 people living in the town. So you just, you can't get around. There's just traffic nonstop. You know, work from home. Why stay in a shitty place to live? So we're like, let's let's move somewhere nice. And, you know, the beach came in mind. And we always just assumed it was super expensive to, to live here. And when we started looking, it's just like, wow, the cost of living is pretty much the same. And so we're like, let's do it. You know, why, why live in the city? Well, what was, it's not the city, but it basically is the city. When we could live at the beach. <laughs> That's a great trade. It was a great trade, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, we, no regrets there. Yeah, we definitely 
happy about moving here. Yeah, and it only takes us 15 minutes to get from our houses to the water, so it's it's not horrible. I, I know, man. Oh, God, that was terrible. 15 whole minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See, we talk about that now, but we know. Um, if you all haven't come to the Navarre area, um, obviously you've heard me talk about it in the show and on other ones, and you've heard other people mention it. it we're a great spot, but we're also getting, uh, what was that, 3,000? Was that a 3,000 condo or apartments there? I can't remember what the I unit number was. Yeah. But, you know, we've got basically one bridge that gets you across unless you want to go all the way to Pensacola. And when it's full, oh, man, traffic is a nightmare. So it's only going to get yeah. worse. Yeah, it's just going to keep getting worse. But I'm afraid what happened to me in Georgia growing up in a town that was at one point small and then Atlanta just keep growing is going to happen here. I don't think it'll get as bad. Yeah. As long as we can still get to the beach. I mean, that's really all I care about. Let, let me still get my chance to go fishing. All right. So speaking of fishing, because <laughs> I know the answer to this, <laughs> because it's the same answer I give. How do you plan to go fishing? Well, the first thing I look at is wind. I mean, that's that's my number one thing. I don't care about anything else until I look at the wind. And if the wind is doing something crazy, like really strong east winds or really strong west winds, I'm probably not going to go fishing just because I know it's going to be miserable out there. But if it's, you know, 10, 10 to 15, be fine, a little current, use a Sputnik. If there's, if there's mild south winds, that's, that's going to be a hot day for me usually, like that one to two foot waves. Yeah. And then, you know, if I know it's a north wind, uh, fishing can be good, but chances are I'm going to bring a lure with me because I'll be able to throw a top water out there in the morning. And then the next thing I look at is weather. You know, is it going to rain? If it's going to rain. I'm not going to go out there, obviously, but that's really it. I, I don't even look at the tide. Yeah. A lot no... of people might think, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people might hear that and think that's weird, but I've not noticed any tidal differences in the Gulf. It's we've I mean, we've gone out there and crushed it on slack tide days. I was just saying I don't I don't I haven't been able to see a pattern with it being consistently good at high tide or low tide or you know neap tide days aren't always the best but yes sometimes we'll go out there and expect nothing because everyone says neap tide is terrible and we'll crush it. Yeah, I love those days. <laughs> yeah, so really, really it's just. I'm a fair weather fisherman. I'll, I'll admit it straight up. I'm looking at I'm looking at conditions for me. I don't. Even, I'm not even looking at conditions for the fish. I'm just like, how am I going to be comfortable on the beach? <laughs> well, well, even with that, you you've got. Um, I mean, hell, we've had days like our worst days have been on flat days. Oh yeah, that's that's been where we're like, all right, this sucks. But we've also had a. I mean, we've had a couple of great days, but we've had less than that when we're on a flat. So with the wind, I know you hate it <laughs> because that, that's the first thing you'll bring up. I'm like, hey, well, you want to go? Eh, wind sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I'm a wuss. No, I mean, it, but it's been, but you've proved it. I mean, we can go fishing in it, but more of the times we've gone fishing in an east wind or a west wind, uh, especially on the really crappy days, we've, we've had a hell of a time trying to catch. I mean, we'll catch, but not, not like we would on a north-south. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's usually just more work. And if, and if there's any grass in the water, east and west wind days are just miserable because that little bit of grass, because it's in the current, it grabs your lines more, you know, because it's moving sideways instead of towards you or away from you. Yeah. Yeah. And, then just, and you get the belly, the, the belly in the line. It's like, all right, I know this is going to happen. I know what we've got to deal with. It's just constant. Yeah. Now I get that. So wind is your primary, but you also like to look at the camera. Oh yeah, I look at the I look at the camera mostly for clarity. If if it's chocolate milk, you know, I it's just going to change what I expect to catch. You know, on the the dirty days, it's it's you know usually a mix of whiting and catfish. There's some drum out there, but probably not going to catch pompano. Now you still can most, of, but most of the time you're not going to. All right, they're starting to blow stuff up. I'm going to be going to hell. <laughs> more fireworks on the, on the 5th yeah, more, of July. More fireworks. <laughs> but then on the, you know, if it's super clear out, clarity's good. Good chance of pompano. So I get a little more excited for that because I, I do like catching pompano. Yeah, you do. 
<laughs> you catch a ton yeah. of fish though so i don't i, I never want to hear it I'm like no he, people ever saying like justin's one of the best fishermen i know he, he if he'll find it I mean, we, we, we've got some definite competition with you know cliff the man that could catch a pompano in a freshwater pond but you know it's still it's you're you're still one of the best i know so yeah well thanks man you're welcome i just i feel like i'm just lucky <laughs> isn't that half of fishing i mean let, let's be honest it's you got some skill in there with bait choices and direction of where you're throwing in, and then the rest of it is all just, all right, well, let's hope for the best here. When you get to the beach, what are you looking for to set up? I usually just start walking away from the people, and then as I'm walking away from the people, I start looking at how far the sandbar is, are there rip currents, is there cuts, are there holes? But my favorite spot to look for is a is a somewhat close sandbar right next to a cut slash rip current and i'll usually fish not in the rip current i'll usually fish to the side of it on the sandbar and i found that you know on either side of that cut right behind that sandbar is where i typically catch most of my fish yeah yeah you do (laughs) In, in the rip current itself i i don't know like it's i think there's too much open water and they're not following, you know, they're following those features of the, the sandbar and the, in the hole, that little cut when they come in. Right. And, uh, right there in the middle where all the rip current is, I, I don't know. I just don't really ever catch there. Now I have caught there, but most of the time I don't. So that, that, that little setup, the rip current with the close sandbar, that's usually what I'm looking for. Now, if I can't find that, I do want to find a sandbar and I want to find one I can cast to. I don't want one that's way, way out there. I want, I want one that I can reach. Now, the funny and, uh, thing, go, but you're leaving out one important part about that. What's that? Because <laughs> I'm going to embellish on I'm going to gush on you for this one. So I'm going to jump ahead. What size rods do you use when you're fishing? Uh, mostly, most of the time, 9-foot rods. i got <laughs> one 12-foot rod. <laughs> okay, so you you guys have all heard me talk about my rods, my setups. I'm running normally 12s. I have a 13 uh, I do have a 10 that I'll, and a 9 I'll bring out. But I'll bring my 9 out, and Justin will throw his 9, I'd say, further than I throw my 9. You throw your 9 close to how I throw my 12. No, you throw your 12 way further than my 9. I don't. Not way further. But you are one of the few people that can launch a 9-footer further than some people can launch a 12-footer. Yeah, I mean, I... Some, some people, yeah. yeah I'm not going to lie. Some people. <laughs> you can't. So people, a lot of people will look at Justin's rods and be like, he's using only nine footers. I'm like, oh, don't worry. He'll get out there. He'll catch it. Don't, don't even, don't, don't judge his nine footers. <laughs> <laughs> but some days, some days I, that one 12 footer I have will make a difference. Yeah. Like I will give it that. I can get 10 to 20 more yards out of it. And some days that's where the fish are. Those are the funny days. I <laughs> to say that but i'm like yeah. mm, they're out there <laughs> yeah that one and that, that one my, my trusty h2o he's, he just keeps going off <laughs> yep yeah that damn rod <laughs> the h2o express that. for 50 bucks can't beat it no i think we, we changed that grip for you you'll really like we get rid of that cork we moved to like some uh, what is it that uh hink shrink or something I wonder if that yeah, would make a difference I'm just, I'm ghetto. I'm going to leave it. We call it ghetto. You're freaking pulling in more fish than most people, so shut it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, you were looking for, no, which is a perfect good segue, actually. All right, so you were looking for the cuts. You're looking for the sandbar. That way you can get to the back of it. What is your yeah. typical setup? And by setup, I mean rods, reels, rigs. W- what are you using? Well, just uh, right now I have my, uh, I usually run three nine-foot beach runners. And then my one 12 foot H2O Express. All my reels are Pen 5000 reels. They're all the Battle series. I got the Battle 2 and then the new Battle 3DX. And then my wife's reels at Pen Passion, but it's basically a Battle 2 with a lower gear ratio. And I tie my own pompano rigs. They're just standard double drop rigs with floats and beads, sometimes just beads. And I use the owner Mutu Light number one circle hooks. And then yeah, that's my that's my set my gear as far as bait, fish bites, fresh dead shrimp, uh, fro well frozen fresh dead shrimp and uh, same place is pretty much all I ever use. 
Now, why is it, I'm going to bring this, it's not in the questions, why do you prefer the owner hooks out of all the other hooks that we could possibly throw? Well, I mean, I'm mostly I'm just a creature of habit, but also I've tried a couple other brands. I think when I first started, I was using, uh, what are they called, Mustads, and I had a lot of fish fall off, so, you know, that was one thing. And also, they just, they weren't, they weren't staying sharp very long, I'm just playing. Well, I don't know, I'm starting out. This is normal to me. You know, looking back, I can compare it. But then watching Bama Beach Bum, I ain't going to lie, watching Bama Beach Bum on YouTube, one of his, you know, I've been watching him for years, and one of, on some of his earlier videos, he uh, said he uses owner Mutu Light. I think he said number two in the video circle books. And so me being the fan I was, I was like, well, I'm going to buy those because he tears it up. <laughs> right. And, of course. You know, I've been pretty much using them exclusively since. And they, they stay sharp forever. And when I switched to those, I noticed that I lost a lot less fish. Like, I just, it was a noticeable improvement. And actual landed fish. I mean, the, the mustads were catching them, but they would pop off somewhere between when I hooked up and shore. Pretty sure I used eagle claws like once. And I just, they did, they don't, I don't like eagle claws, I'll admit it. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, that I, I'm a hook snob, I'll admit it. I like a really sharp hook. And owner hooks stay sharp for for very long time compared to a lot of the other brands I've used. And I do know that you're a hook snob because you're the one that taught me about checking hooks over and over. I'm like, dude, it's not sharp. It's not sharp. Yeah, when a, a dull hook to me is probably sharp to somebody else. Just I'm just super picky. <laughs> <laughs> well, if but, it if but, it doesn't stick in my fingernail, I'm done with it. But you've made a great point about it when we were talking before. Uh, it was the 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 sharpness matters significantly um, for the penetration. I mean, if you're on a dull hook, you're missing hookups. And I, I, oh, mean, sure. I didn't realize that until you'd really showed me. And I was like, holy crap, you're right. And after the tournament, uh, you saw the TikTok video or the Facebook Live I did. I mean, hell, I, the first thing you taught me was take the circle hook, put it on your nail. If you pull it back and it doesn't scratch your nail, it doesn't try to grab, it's dull. I was like, all right, well, yeah. I tried that. And then I put it into my finger and pulled, and I'm like, holy crap, I'm not hooking myself. And, yeah. I mean, hell, we, we beat those hooks up that, that day you and I went fishing. We, we Well, that was that whole weekend. We went ballistic trying to win that tournament. And we were catching Pompano left and right. But, man, after all of that, you know, I was like, oh, the hook looked fine. Still, still had the good color. The edges looked good, but that tip was just a ball. It was not doing yeah. anything. They wear out, man, especially catching fish. I mean, if you're going out there and not catching them, they'll last, you know. I'd say my pompano rigs will go at least four trips before I change them. But if I'm catching fish, yeah, that, that number goes down. Yeah. And knowing you were doing four trips, I thought you were doing less for some reason. I mean, it's, it just varies. I, I check them every time I go. I mean, you know, wintertime I get skunked a lot, so those hooks will last a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> We still yeah, catch like, catfish. We're not getting skunked when we're catching cats. I don't know. I can't beat February. Like February has been my month. Like that's that's skunk month. But you know, I don't I don't fish very much in the wintertime anyways because I'm a big baby about the cold. <laughs> you are. <laughs> it's like the perfect polar opposite for me because Justin loves it when it's hot. He just that's his that's his element. He loves the heat. Um, doesn't love mug, which I'm very thankful for, but he loves the heat. And me, oh, I love winter. Give give me those jeans and that flannel. Oh, give me my blue flannel. I'm I am happy. And Justin's yeah. out there like I hate everything about this right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you'll 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 have your flannel and pants on, and I'm still I'm still fighting through with my te- my shorts and my my fishing shirt. Like I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't. I refuse to to put warm clothes on because I hate it. You do fight it for long. <laughs> you will hold <laughs> off as long as you can to be like, no, I can do it. I can yeah. do it. <laughs> I, I mean, I still bring them out there. I'm not I'm not completely dumb. I have them on my beach cart, yeah. but I don't put them on until I have to. Well, now you got and you've also got the. What is it? The the pants is we just got them. Oh, not the oh, the, What the hell was it? Uh, waiters. Yeah, which ones was it though? I remember we had. Oh, I have no idea. It's, Dylan Weir, he he recommended a brand. He has like an Amazon link. I have I cannot yeah. remember what they were. It's just some obscure brand. Yep, they were good for you. I remember I put them on and man, I I had 
I had man camel toe. It was it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was bored. Like Jen even told me, you're not going out in those. Go buy a different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have probably tried to get a black drum that day, but pull it out of the water. I'm like rip, like nope, there we went. oh it would have been a good laugh though oh it would have been hilarious speaking of (laughs) laughs that's the perfect segue into this next little part because I almost forgot that mm. bait check 25 well actually we're 26 minutes but 25 minute bait check go out there double check your lines reel it in and make sure that you still have your bait if you do well, that's good in a way. Not really good. It means fish aren't biting. Refresh that bait. Put some fresh dead shrimp on there. Put a sand flea. Get a new fish bite on. Throw it out there and catch that fish. Bring it home. All right. Now that the bait check, we got that one. Perfect one for you. What is your favorite fish to catch and why? Oh, that's a hard question now. Yeah, now. Yeah, because <laughs> recent, recent events have changed this. <laughs> um. Realistically, overall, probably pompano. I I love catching pompano. Like they're, I don't I don't I don't know why I love catching pompano so much. It's just that they're so delicious. It, they they're only you know when they're thick, it's just super exciting. You know I tie rigs all through the winter, looking forward to the spring run and just get out there. And I love it when they're thick and you can catch a bunch of them real quick. And I don't know, they just put on a fun fight. Sometimes they jump. Sometimes they don't run in and they'll trick you. You you think it's a red or something. Oh, what is this? And then other times they do run in and it's just reeling as fast as I can to keep up with that fish. I don't know. I just, I I love it. I get a kick out of it. Well, the funny one too, you talk about the the ones that jump. The ones that jump are the big ones. Oh, yeah. And you're like like double excitement. Yep. And you're in, you're in almost in panic mode. It's like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Don't you dare break off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and exactly that's the other part is just you know when they get to that shore monster or they jump you're just like it, uh, the adrenaline rush you get knowing you might lose that fish like, you know see that big dinner plate swimming sideways right there at the shore monster like that to me that's the best is just that's what i love about pompano fish is just seeing it yeah i don't know it's just, everything is just great <sighs> but just like th- I, I go back and i think of that uh, that one, where was I? Portofino. Well, I was, I was without you guys. You were, I, I don't know why I was out there without everybody. It was winter. I remember that. But that one big one that jumped off and it, I think it was Tom. I had been like, you know, that's probably a big one. You need to get your rod tip down. Like, no, I didn't know that, but thanks for telling me. Like I'm all butthurt <laughs> for like the next two hours about it. And then I see Tom and I'm like, thanks for telling me that. Now I, I won't make that same mistake again. And I haven't, yeah, but yeah. man, it, between the jumpers, the shore monster though is the one I think people underestimate the shore monster. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta. I've learned that you just have to baby that pompano in. I, I try to pull them. I, I mean, I do yank them out of the water. I mean, if you if you've seen any of my videos, you'll see me do it. I do yank them out, but I am doing it somewhat strategically with a wave. Like when I see that wave coming in, I try to pull them in with that wave. They 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 hold out. Yep. Yeah, the, the the new well, I don't know. I didn't lose fish when I had them hooked up, threading them the other way. I just didn't have as many hookups. Right, but I mean, well, lose more. that being one part. But I mean, the the other part of the the good hook set, the being able to control it. It's you know remembering if you don't have the right hook set when you're pulling them in, if they're you're playing around, you get the slack in it because the shore monster is going to give you slack. I mean, he, you're going to get yeah. the pull forward, and then you're going to get the undertow. But that slap forward or that throwing, you're, if you're not keeping up, that hook is turning. Doesn't matter oh, what sure. what what sinker you have, it's turning on you. Yeah. So uh, I I always I, I I dread the shore monster most days, but uh, since I've turned the hooks around uh, after uh, after Blake had mentioned it, he's like turn them around. I'm like, I I don't understand it, but after I turned the hooks around, it made a difference in my hookups. But I I've, I think I've lost less fish at the shore monster this year. Okay, well that's good to know. Cool man. That's my guess. I mean, I, yeah, Blake, Blake definitely hooked up that little nugget of information and, and you, you, you turned yours around well before I did. I was so, I was reluctant. I was setting my ways, but you know, a lot of people are, I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to blame it. I mean, it's working, you know, it's, it's, it's already working. You're yeah. just like, if, if I change this, maybe I won't catch as many fish. It's like that fear that's 
if you change it, something bad's going to happen. That's the worst, though, because that's a reasonable fear to think of. It's like, um, am I? Is this gonna? Is this gonna affect my fishing? Because if it does, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, but I one day I just like do it, try it, and honestly, that first time I did it, I noticed the difference because beforehand, you know, you, your rod would bend over, and then instantly go slack because the hook came right out of their mouth. Yeah, he and was running. After, yep. after switching them the other way, threading them through the hook eye side, that 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 almost never happens anymore. When my rod bends over. There's a fish there. If you guys haven't watched Justin's videos, and if I'm out there with him, nine times out of ten, it, or if I'm with him, you'll hear him like, oh, I was over there with Brian. He runs away from his lines. He like stays <laughs> away from his lines, which is hilarious at times because it's like, dude, what are you doing? But anytime he gets a hit, I'd say. I'll give you a small deviation. I'll say 95% of the time you're hooked up. Yeah. V- very rarely are you not. But, yeah, when your lines bend, it's always like, yep, yeah, it's going to be a big one. You know, you <laughs> and you're always catching catch them. I catch, I catch average-sized palms. I rarely catch big palms. <laughs> well, you threw that at me get... once. Yeah, yeah. You're the stud master. No. See, Justin will catch a limit, and I'll be on, like, three maybe four, but out of my four, I'm like, oh, cool, they're like 14, 15 inches. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine, mine are 11 and a half, 12 inches. <laughs> <laughs> you still out-catch me, though. It's You still out every time. It's it's. But either way, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, neither of us cares. I think that's one thing people, and I know this isn't, and we're just on our normal conversation tangents. Um, for those of you who don't know, Justin and I talk borderline daily. <laughs> um but you know, we've mentioned it before. I mean, when we go out fishing, it's just to get out and have a little fellowship friend time, laugh about the good stuff, make some, you know, catch our dinner, head home. But very rarely are are we in competition. I'd say. I don't. I've never been in competition with you. If, yeah. it, if it's rare, it's something that you've done. <laughs> no, I think the only time I've competed with you has been. What were we doing? I don't know. <laughs> I think the only time competition-wise was a tournament, and in reality of it, it wasn't even a competition. We were just having fun. No. Yeah, I, I was excited when you pulled in that monster. Yeah, I got lucky with that one. Damn. Yeah, I don't. I I I, I am not competitive at all. Like I, I'm 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 almost happier someone else catching a fish because I, I feel like I get more excited when someone else catches a fish. When I catch fish, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, let me reel it in. But when someone else catches it, I get to see them excited, so it makes me excited. Well, your kids love, well, kind of love fishing. But it's always, you know, when they're pulling them in, just crushing it. It's like, all right, cool. Go go ahead. Go get them. You do you. They, yeah, they just, the, the girls know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to edit this part out. It's kind of funny because we'll fish with our kids. Abby will go run for a rod. The girls will go run for their rods. And they just reel in like, all right, you going to get it off the hook? It's like, wait, what? What? You, you brought it in. <laughs> <laughs> why Why am I being tagged with all the dad responsibilities? Yeah, what's up with that? Why do I got to get my hands dirty? <laughs> <laughs> but you also go out with your wife and Katie gets after it. I mean, she, she catches them no problem all day. So, I mean, you, you get a full run out and just have a great time when you guys go it's it's like oh, a super sure. perfect family affair yeah it's it's good times i'm 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 real glad they all like coming out with me and hanging out in the heat and doing some fishing <laughs> the heat <laughs> yeah, it's not year round we have we actually haven't been fishing i haven't been surfishing in a week maybe month like i don't even remember dude it's been yeah it's been a while yeah, it's just the, the for those listening, the June grass in Navarre has been brutal, and honestly, summer surf fishing is not my favorite thing to do. If it wasn't that. for that, I mean, the June grass is being the primary, but it's like we June, July, August, September. I mean, it's here till technically September, October in reality, because even if it's not on the surface, it's dead on the bottom, and you're fighting it to bring it in. But it, it, it's a killjoy. Yeah. Killjoy, and then most of what you're catching is ladyfish and blue runners, and you know after ten of those, I'm just like, all right, <laughs> I've, I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the funny day, well, the weird one still is the whiting bite 
for this year has been not consistent. Yeah. And that's something I do need to go at. Tony, Tony caught some, some whiting a few weeks ago, got on a bunch of them. Yeah. And uh, I do, I was looking back through my pictures and whiting, I do catch whiting in the summertime in the surf. And I, I really need to go back out there and catch some whiting because I haven't eaten one of those. And it's been a minute. Yeah. Well, the rumor is, um, and this from several different people have told us, is they're really back to playing short again. Yeah. The first 30, yeah. 40 feet of the water line. They're, they're going after shrimp, and they're staying in schools, and they're staying close. Yep. Go out there with a Carolina rig and small hook and some shrimp. Yeah. We'll do that, set those Very up, much. and then we'll Just bring the... the beach, one rod. Yep. We'll bring the small rods. Just go out there and go after them. Yeah. You need to bring your rainbow rod. <laughs> I do need to bring the rainbow out there. It hasn't caught anything yet. It's, it's cursed. <laughs> My poor little rod. Ugh. Yeah, that'll happen this year. All right. So moving. I hate. I hate to backtrack. I, backtrack I, I keep thinking. Of, I keep thinking of it. The, the hook question. The hook question. Yeah. The biggest reason I use owner hooks is because, like I said, they're super sharp. But as you were saying, when your hook is super sharp like that, just take take a hook, any hook in your house, and just drag it across your finger, your arm. And if it doesn't want to hook into you, it's not going to want to hook into a fish. And that's pretty much the logic I'm using for that. So that's why I like owners because they are out of the package sharper than most other brands. I think the only brand that is somewhat on level with them is Gamagatsu. I don't know if we you've fished with those quite a bit this year. No, I've never, I've actually never used one, so I can't even compare it to those hooks. I've just, the shape of an owner hook, those Moodoo, that Moodoo light shape, I think all the Moodoos have the same shape. That It almost looks like a kale hook. It's got that sharp angle and then a curve. Yeah, I, I, love I that. really think, I really think that angle there pins the fish very well. And the, the Gamagatsu hooks, they don't have that shape. It's more rounded. So I'm just, it's the, it's the same thing I was just saying earlier. I'm set in my ways. I'm scared to try something different because I'm afraid if I change it, I'm, I'm going to catch less fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Oh, man. I don't think you could catch less fish if you wanted to. You've got that skill. Oh, I could. I know how to catch less fish. I'd go buy a Walmart rig and put a whole shrimp on there. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that salty bait. Yeah, and salty bait. There you go. <laughs> yeah. God, those baits. Get my salt life shirt on and go for it. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was that was a low blow. That was a low blow. <laughs> the bad part is every like a lot of people listening to this probably just went, yep. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm going to have to look up that Salty's bait name because I'm going to have to tag him. <laughs> I think, I don't, I think it's just, does it have a name? I think it is just Salty's bait. Okay. And, and for those that don't know, it's just, it's it's a Walmart bait. It's the only place I've ever seen it. It looks, it looks like it's just an artificial bait, pink, orange, and green, I think. And they just stink. <laughs> it's, like, it's like catfish bait it's the perfect yeah, catfish cat, bait I don't even know if a catfish would eat it I think it makes my hook dull every time I've tried to use it it like, that kills my hook <laughs> instantly <laughs> I can't do anything with it <laughs> oh, it's like gut wrenching thinking about that okay so the hook stuff alright moving into your YouTube what made you want to start a YouTube channel um I mean, it's something I thought of for a couple of years, and honestly, I wish I started it earlier just because now YouTube, so I'm, I'm one of them. There's just so many fishing YouTube channels now, but I'm already out there fishing. I live here. I have the opportunity to fish, you know, in, in the surf a lot more than, you know, the average person, so I can make that content, you know, pretty easily because I, I go fishing anyways. You're doing good. Has it helped you become a better angler, though? Oh, 100%. And honestly, it's just it's the drive to make new content that has made me a better angler. I mean, before the YouTube summertime, I pretty much just went surf fishing, just fought it. Let me catch more of these, you know, blue runners and ladyfish, you know, try for a pump. Didn't think nothing of it because if I have a bad day, I just hang out with the family, whatever. And 
I still enjoy fishing, don't get me wrong, but with the YouTube thing, you, you want to have a variety. So it makes you want to do new things. So this year specifically, I mean, I would have never gone to try to catch a red snapper from shore. You know, probably would have been lazy. Just been like, oh, they're not going to do it. And then, you know, recently with the mangrove snapper, we've been just uh, going to new places. So it's making me have to learn new types of fishing and how to target different species. Yeah, well, let's talk about that because I know it's not supposed to be on this, on this, but we're going to talk about it. You have started catching, and we'll get into the back into the YouTube here in a second. Um, you've talked, you started going a little bit more on the inshore after mangrove snapper, but you've also targeted and caught red snapper from the sand. Yeah. So. Let's talk about the red snapper thing because it's been a, a huge success lately. What has that been like fishing for red snapper from the beach? It's it's hard fishing. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's a lot of work to do it. But man, it's 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 addicting because it's just such a rare thing. And my first one it probably is the reason it's so addicted me is you know a 29 and a half inch red snapper. I got six pounds of meat off of it, so I'm just like I want more. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're you're on shore. It's just I don't know. There's something so cool about it because you, you're you're on land. You know, you're walk. We're walking out as far as we can. You know, Tony being a foot taller than me, he can he can walk out significantly further because my chest <laughs> deep is like his his waist deep. You know, <laughs> it's true. So, you know, we're we're walking out there, and you know, this work. It's like eighty. We're walking eighty to hundred yards out from the shore, and you know, I'm. Like, I'm scared, so I walk a little slower. I'm afraid I'm going to step on a stingray. I'm a wuss. I'll admit it. I don't care. And then hucking your bait out there as far as you can. And that's another advantage Tony has. He can cast a little further than me. And then you're doing that every 15 to 20 minutes. It's it's not just, you know, hang out and wait like it is on normal surf fishing because there's so much stuff down there munching on your bait. Yeah. Plus the sharks. You know, you're getting broke out by sharks. I don't know. It's just something new. Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't explain why it's just. It's addictive, man. It's okay. You, you got to go out there. You got to come out there and do it. I do. I do. I need to stop working. <laughs> yeah. Like tell, tell your boss to leave you alone, man. Like, come on, man. Oh, he's such a jerk. <laughs> he's, he is. I'm going to have to go talk to him tonight about that after this. Go look in the mirror and be like, you let me get off work. No. No, you won't. Okay, cool. Good, good talk. Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's talking about the, the red snapper um what kind of rigs were you using and what kind of bait do you recommend what has been successful has been bonita like or uh, cut it into strips about like one inch by two inches long whiting heads i think specifically tony's caught a lot of them Tony, tony's been catching all fish like i've just been there a couple times and <laughs> tony was nice enough to give me his rod and just just to be transparent about it um, but yeah, the, the, and the one that we caught mine on was actually a buffet bait. It was a whiting head with Bonita. Wow. That's a lot on a hook. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you, the, the, we're not using a ton of the Bonita and the whiting was, it was probably like a 10 inch whiting. So the head wasn't that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Got you. And then as far as rigs go, uh, I've got like a 10 foot shock leader, 40 pound shock leader. Carolina rig style. It's got the snap swivel, and we are using Sputniks. There's a pretty good current where we're at. And then just like a foot and a half of 40-pound leader after the swivel to a 4-aught to 6-aught hook. Wow. So it's basically okay. just a Carolina rig. But we are using shock leaders because in case, you know, they rub up against the line, why not? Yeah, and that drop-off there. I mean, you got a ton of sand that you're fighting at the same one, so you got structure you got to deal with. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the biggest reason. The structure when you're yanking that monster up that hill, <laughs> yeah, the, your line is definitely doing some rubbing. And it's in a, fact, I lost one because the braid broke. You lost it at the braid? I thought you lost it at the. I thought it was at the leader. We've lost a ton of stuff. There's no. It might not have been a red oh, yeah, snapper. I, yeah. just, I know I lost one with the braid breaking. And that means that that braid is rubbing up on that slope there somewhere i mean it got snagged on something yeah and finding a red snapper i mean that that's a that's a serious fish it's not little it's going to give you a strong fight and 
you know, most people talk about catching red snapper, you're out in a boat. So it's a little different when you're in a boat. And it's like sharks. When you're in a boat, it's a different one. Or in a kayak, it's a different way to fight. On land, yeah. it is all, no, you feel all of it. You know, they give you a good little fight. But honestly, what's funny about the snapper is they, they're, I don't know if it's the same in a boat, but they fight for maybe 30 seconds to a minute, if that. And then it's just reeling in dead weight. You would, you really think that there's, at least doing it from land, you really, it really feels like you have this 30 pound catfish just hanging out. I mean, <laughs> but I think what it is, is you're, you're literally dragging this snapper up that hill. So he's just being pulled into that sand that whole time going up that hill. And then once you get him over the hill, it just floats to the surface, and you just reel him in. All right, fine, I'll go with you. It's it's weird. It it and but the most exciting thing is when you you can see the red. Like it'd be 50, 60, 70 yards out. It's pretty far out there. You see that red, and you know you have a red snapper. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good then. Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. Ugh. The sharks just bite us off. I mean, we're only using forty pounds, so sadly they you know they just bite us off. Yeah. Damn sharkies. Yeah. But you've had success, and you know, you, you, you've you enjoyed it, but also with that, it's also forced you to move into a different one. You've been going after mangrove snapper, which is another, yeah. you know, you, you've changed up your game again. You like throwing a lot of lures. You've told me that before. You, you prefer the lures, the, the hard plastics. But with live bait, you've been crushing mangroves. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's something very recent, too. That's, you know, this past week or two doing that yeah i'm definitely big artificial guy when it comes in shore i love throwing lures to me a lure is it's it's the most fun you can have fishing in my, really i mean for me at least but yeah moving to live bait it's it's definitely been you know something new to try and it definitely worked like i mean we're, we're catching fish out there me and beach buzz were out there recently he caught I think he caught like six, seven, eight. I don't know. He, I know he brought home five, and then I caught like seven, but I only had three keepers. So, I mean, the live bait, bait's working for the mangrove. Yeah, yeah. And then we went out there, you know, try to change things up using lures, and I don't know if the lures were, were used to no good or what, but, yeah, those mangroves weren't, weren't having it. No, I think it I think it goes back to what other people have said. You know, it's like live bait makes the difference. They certain fish are like no i have no interest in a lure thanks bro appreciate you but i want something live yeah and i think what it comes down to is those those mangrove they're they're pretty much just chilling you know they're they're sitting in their little zone they're kind of just moving around they see something they, they look at it you know they're not let me chase this they're just like, what's that and then with like the trout reds and ladyfish you know all the other inshore stuff jacks whatever they're they're more let me chase it and put it in my mouth kind of fish. Right. They're the aggressive ones. The hunters like that. Yeah. Not opportunists. They'll, they'll, they'll figure out what it is after they swallow it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that. Fifty minute bait check. That's right. Bring that line back in. Take a look at that bait and get it back out there. Hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish. You listen to this, and hopefully this has given you a couple of ideas to use as well. So if you haven't rebait it, get it back out there. And if you haven't caught it all after fifty minutes, it'd probably be a good time to move, change up some stuff. And Justin and I will admit we hate moving, but if we have to, we will. So, but get that back out there. We will move. We will. We don't like it, but we will. No, we've done it. We're both very reluctant. <laughs> reluctant. That's a great word, dude. Great word. Oh, man. All right. So moving into your stuff, with, uh, we'll move into rigs here. Floats and beads. What has shown better to you? Uh, I, I, I have consistently caught, specifically Pompano, more on floats than beads. I mean, it, and, and I'll hear the same thing from the bead guys. They say, well, I catch more on beads, but I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if it even matters anymore. But the way I've tested that myself is I'll, you know, set up one with just beads and then another just floats and then two rigs with a bead on the bottom dropper and a float on the top dropper. On most, on most days, 
every one of my rigs were getting hit by the floats, and the one with two beads on it, it just sits there. Well, you've got a special one you like too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got my. I've got my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and Good. yeah, the, the, in fact, the giveaway I just did has three rigs in it are my favorite rigs that I use, and I use three of those rigs exclusively every time I go. Like they're going to be on my rods. And for those who haven't fished with me, I guess for the podcast, I I bring out a rainbow. Like <laughs> you do. You really yeah, do. I, I have different colors on everything. Top, top and drop, top and bottom dropper don't always even match. Like it, I just bring everything because some days they show preference, and the way I see it, I will always have their preference if I have all of the colors. Well, one of the ones, without giving it away, people can look it up obviously and they'll see it. That tiger stripes. Oh yeah, the tiger. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I'll describe it for those listening. It's a it's a yellow float base, and then it's got one side of it's green with black stripes, and the other side of it is orange with black stripes. And I recently bought this float from walleyesupply.com, and that float has been tearing it up. Like my in the springtime, I caught most of my pompano on that float specifically. That and that float, I definitely was like, I hate everything about this thing. Because it was it was always on fire. It didn't matter what it was. It was a killer float. Yeah, it it, it tears it up. I I don't know if it's the green, the orange, or the yellow, or the black, but they love it. <laughs> I don't. It might just make them mad. They see it and it pisses them off. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about that before. I mean, there's a good chance that that is. I mean, that that it really does. Like half the time, I wonder: is it just mad at us and it just wants to slap? Because that happens with our with our Rapalas. And then. My next my, green, green and pink are probably my two favorite colors. If we're going to talk about you know floats and colors and stuff, I've I've noticed green and pink are pretty consistent. And then next I'd probably orange and white, like not necessarily together, but those two colors. Yeah, you've had good luck with that. I mean, not to mention too with because you'll run, well, you run different fish bites too. You normally run fish, shrimp or sand flea, but yeah, I, yeah, I bring out. Pink and green shrimp, and then the sand flea, and then recently started using the orange crab, and it, it's it's been working. Yeah, I knew I'd make you a crab convert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, well, I need to start using actual crab knuckles. Yeah, those things are great. That 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 bait is one of definitely one of my favorites. It's hard not to enjoy using that one. It, it gets the job done every time. Well, ninety five percent of the time, every time. <laughs> okay, so with the floats in that one. When you zone fish, because we both do that, how do you do it? Well, the best way to answer that question is I adapt to where I'm fishing. You know, every every spot you go to looks different. You know, I'm not always fishing the same exact structure when I go to the beach because it's always changing, and I'm not always. I don't ever. I don't always fish the same spot either. I don't have a, a honey hole. There's those don't exist in my opinion in the Gulf. You know, on onshore, offshore, it's a different world, but onshore, surf vision, the beach is always changing. But, you know, typically, like to just kind of go over it, is I will put one pretty close to shore only if the water's deep there. Like, if, if there's a good lip, like when you step in the water, it's at least a foot, I'll put a bait pretty close. And then my next choice spot would be uh, right before a sandbar, and right after a sandbar, you know, they're, they're on one or the other side of it. They're usually not on both sides of it. And then sometimes I'll just cast one as far as I can, you know, out into the, the deep blue trough out there. Cause sometimes the pompano are cruising out there too. And I don't know, like I said, it's just, it's hard to say like in, like in a hole, I'll, you know, if you could visualize just like a, like a half circle, I'll, I'll put my baits up against the sand in that half circle. Like, I, I don't put it in the middle of the hole. I, I hug the sand in that area because the fish, in my opinion, are cruising the sand. They're, they follow it. It's it, And I think they follow it not necessarily because it's like a highway. I think they follow it because they don't have to worry about predators hanging out in that shallower water. So they feel safe. One, one side of them is essentially protected. Plus, it's where the food's at. Yeah, yeah, that part. 
that's the one that you always mention. Is that's where the, there's got to be food there. They're eating it. Yeah, if there's wave activity, that's that's where the food's at. Kenny clams and sand fleas. But yeah. like, if it's an empty beach, no features, no sandbar, nothing. I'm just gonna stagger them. You know, cast one ten yards, the next one thirty, the next one, you know. 60 the next one 100 whatever you know just stagger them out try to figure out where they're cruising at yeah uh, another another thing i look at is watercolor you know if if there's no obvious sand features and there's no obvious sand bar the there is a slope so the water does change color so you know put one on the edge of where it goes from clear to greenish and then another one on the edge where it goes from greenish to blue that color change, I mean, that's the part that I think a lot of people, they throw at it, but it's it's kind of knowing how to throw at it. Like, you know you want to get into the green, but it's like, all right, do I want to be far into it? You, you just got to stack around it. You just can't all go yeah. all the way across it. No, no, you got to put it, I mean, and if nothing happens, obviously, like, move it. Like, if you cast it to the line, that transition line, you know, cast cast past it. Try to get it in the middle of that green zone. And I mean, the, the, the fish, the fish, they cruise in very specific places. They really do. I, that's one thing I've learned surf fishing the past, I guess, four years is when you find where the Pompano are cruising, they're pretty consistently there for a while. Yeah. That was lovely on the tournament. We just kept dropping it in the same hole and it was game on every time. Oh yeah. And that, and that spot, that spot was nice. Like it was, it was a yeah. good spot. Yeah, it definitely was. All right, so while we're talking about going long ways on the beach, um, a lot of your videos, you do have this. So you like to walk the beach and throw lures. What do you look for when you're going to do that? The most obvious thing I look for is fish blowing up. You know, if you see a lot of activity, you know, run to that. But that's not always the case, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I usually throw my seven-foot rods just because it's more comfortable for me to walk with them. I, I my pinky, for those that doesn't don't know, I cannot uh, grip with my pinky on my right hand. So holding a nine-foot rod, throwing lures for even 30 minutes, my hand starts hurting bad. So I like using a seven-foot rod. So what I'll look for is an area where I can get into the deeper water as close as possible. So I'll actually look for features where there isn't a sandbar. It's just a deep drop-off you know, right away or it's a really close sandbar. And you like um, you like throwing a couple of different things though when you're doing that because when you find it, what do you what lures do you like to throw? Uh, in in the mornings and on the calmer days, I'll use a, a top water. I'll use a Head and Spook Junior in the bone color. Um, I got some from Joseph Rizzo. Those are custom, but I won't talk about those. Just Joseph Rizzo <laughs> makes awesome lures. I'll give him a shout out. I, but you can't you can't buy them online, so it's so it's hard. You got to message him, but. Honestly, really, the only one I've ever used as far as, you know, a common one is that Head and Spook Jr. It just, it does well, so I keep using it. And then, you know, if the top water's not working, I'll put on a jerk bait. And I'm a big fan of the Rapala Shadow Wrap Shad. Um, pick your favorite color. I don't think the color necessarily matters. Just use what you're confident in. I like the silver color or the carbon color, which is a darker one. And then if that's not working, I'll use like a subsurface. I have one that will... It's not a top water. It'll kind of hang out in that first zero to one foot area because the sometimes the jerk bait it's just hitting too low. You'll feel it dragging the sand. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, and so I'll just switch it out. But you know, rip currents. Obviously, I look for rip currents. Rip currents are usually good feeding spots, and plus I can usually get it in that deeper water. And you know, I'll actually cast it in the rip current just because it's deeper there most of the time. Or I'll walk out the point. Sometimes I do walk out, gas from there. I yeah. pretty much look for the same stuff as I do when I'm surf fishing. Okay. Well, you've been super successful at it, so. Well, that's covered pretty yeah. much everything, man. Um, got the last three questions for you. Look, it's been painless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. You're in the garage. It's funny you? getting. I get in. I'm getting anxiety talking to someone I talk to like every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we've had so many fun little sidebar tangents i'm like oh it's like a normal conversation when we're talking on the phone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh it's the same when we fish too so it's it, i don't know it's just perfect all right what is something you wish a new angler would do 
before ever fishing the first time in a new area. Do do some learning. Like go on YouTube, go online, go on Facebook and and, and learn some stuff because I think a lot of people when they start out they they overthink it and they they buy all this stuff they don't need thinking, "Oh, this will work, this will work." without actually doing any research or even talking to anybody. If you're if you're a local guy, go to your tackle shop. They'll, they'll tell you what you need. And the list, I'm telling you, the list is small. It's not a long list. I mean, and learn 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 techniques, you know, where to put baits and all that stuff's on YouTube. It's very easy to be successful at surf fishing if you put in the time to learn before you go out there. <laughs> and, and, and also, also do it. Like, don't just don't just sit and read and learn and, and watch YouTube. Go out there and try it. Like, don't think, oh, I need to do this for a month before I go surf fishing. Get you a surf ride, pompano rig, some some bait, and just go for it. You'll figure it out, and then learn as you go, plus the research. That's pretty much how we all started in a way. I mean, it's the best way to do it. <laughs> it really is. But I, I, think, I think too many people, they just – moving here they're you know they've been freshwater fishing their whole life and they're just set in their ways and they don't they don't instead of trying they try to make what they know work for surf fishing and it's not going to work you you gotta you gotta adapt especially like casting for example casting a freshwater rod it's completely different than casting a surf rod yeah yeah that was a fun one to figure out yeah it's a it's a learning curve so don't don't think you know it all research it like you got, you got to. Mm-hmm. Well, you already nailed the next one then, because I was just gonna say, what gear do you recommend? But you, you, you basically hit it all, so we can pass that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the last question: What is next for Justin Reed fishing? Well, I need a kayak. Got to get in the kayak. Uh, more kayak fishing. We've been out a few times, and that is that's a whole new animal of things to learn. I've definitely been reading and watching some videos. I don't watch too much YouTube. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's hard, but that's just from editing videos. It, it's made me not like, it. but that's, that's irrelevant. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just going off on a tangent, <laughs> learning the kayak. And I, I just, it's a whole nother animal to learn. Cause from shore, you only can cast so far. So you pretty much just learn what you can reach, but in a kayak, you can go, pretty much everywhere and learning the patterns of the seasons of what species do and where they go. You know, so kayak fishing. <laughs> We're going to see more kayak fishing. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you. I've been waiting to do this episode with you for a while. We've had a back and forth and it's, it's, I'm glad we finally got to do it. Cool, man. Well, I hope, I hope I didn't sound too funny doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. It was perfect. It was tons of info dropped the whole time. So, and I know I it's going to help somebody out there, but so people want to find you. How do they find you? Uh, Justin Reed Fishing on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All of, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's where you find me. I might change my name eventually for those who might listen to this a year from now. So it might change. I'll go but back. Probably and, won't. I'll, I'll go back and change the name of the episode for you too. Make sure that we. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, put it. Justin, and it's R E E D. Justin Reed Fishing. There you go. All right, brother. I'll let you get out of here. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, buddy. Good times. Yeah, man. All right. I'll talk to you soon. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Justin Reed, my ultimate fishing partner, the guy that is really made me a lot better on every piece of fishing. I love fishing with him, and his YouTube videos are fun to watch, too. Uh, even when I'm not there, it's always fun to watch him and see what he does. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. If it has, like, uh, follow. You don't even have to like it. Follow it. Come on back, check it out, share it out. Somebody's going to use this knowledge. If you're coming down to this area, he's got a ton there, and a lot of his videos will help you out with that. So thanks for sticking around on the show. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great time out there wherever you are. And uh, we'll see you here next week, next Friday, next episode. All right, you've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. I'll see you.